Welcome to episode 316 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. I'm actually calling an audible tonight. I was going to air an interview I did with Dr. Frightener, Larry, and the topic is everything that he feels should be in a pinball machine that's a limited edition machine for $9,000 or more, and we go back and forth and we debate what, sh- what you should get for $9,000 or more. But after my last show, I just didn't feel like airing that interview right now. I, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a show uh, that was a response to my last podcast and the overwhelming, and I mean that, the overwhelming feedback I got from so many of you out there. I can't read your emails because I, I received so many notes on both Facebook and on Gmail uh, just saying one thing. I think universally people are just like, we love the show, we don't want you to go away, keep doing what you're doing, okay? And I'm here to tell you that that's what's going to happen. And I wanna just put a little bit of the last show in context for you, okay? It was three in the morning when I did that episode. I've been jet lagged severely after my honeymoon in Tokyo, and I just, I wanted to do that show. I heard the story about the Elvira game, And I just wanted to put up a show from the heart. Something that was just been bugging me for the last few weeks is just this notion that we now are just laying over and allowing these pinball companies to charge such high amounts of money and not giving us anything. And that's just the thing that bugged me the most. It's just it's just what bugged me the most. It kind of reminds me, you know, like when I was a kid and my mom and her dad would give me money to go pick up the Chinese food and they'd be like, is there any change? And I'd be like, no, there's not. Like I was robbing them of their change. And so when you put something in front of people and say, this is $15,000 and it's a pinball machine and there's nothing extra in it, you know, I want the change. I want some change back from Stern Pinball with a game like that, okay? But it's not just about Elvira, right? It's not just about one particular game that's going to 50 rich people who don't care. It's, not, it's never been about that game. It's just about where the hobby is going. And on a macro level, on a macro level, we've all seen prices in this hobby continue to increase time and time again. And we've seen the quality of the games The quality of the games has not gone up exponentially with the price increases. But even far more egregious in my mind is that the amount of money these games are right now, we're seeing far less in them. And to me, that's that's like the, the main thing is that we are now accepting games that look completely barren compared to games that were a third as much money as these new games. And again, it's because everything is shifting to things that can't break, things that can't, you know, don't need to be replaced, right? The emphasis is now on the screen, not what's below the glass, right? Universal parts used over and over again. There's just an ultimate, I think, lack, lack of dreaming, a lack of magic. And I know you feel this. I know you feel this, and it's not always the easiest thing to say, because also it's not always the easiest thing to articulate. Like, how do you actually define someone or define for someone what a lack of magic feels like, right? It's like, I don't, you don't really know, but then you jump on a Circus Voltaire or a Theater of Magic and a Tales of the Arabian Nights, and just from a pure pinball 
design and mechanisms and magic so much in the older games Adam's Family Twilight Zone and then you jump on a modern game and it just feels empty it in so it, it almost like it, it it's like the soul of what made pinball pinball is missing a little bit from these modern games and and look a lot has happened with departments of artwork and sound and displays absolutely absolutely and yes are these games coded much better for home use absolutely remember games were never designed in the 90s to go into people's homes so they didn't make the games deep but i would much rather have almost all of those games from the 90s with lyman sheets coding them than almost anything new today and those games were like 2500 to 3000 dollars but they were like jam packed and 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 that's all that I've ever wanted on this show was to say to you that I think for the amount of money we spend, we deserve more. And maybe you agree. Maybe you don't. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here's the, here's the, oper- here's the, uh, the optimist in, in me. I think the good news is this. The good news is everything is in our favor. Because if you love pinball, you can go get those amazing machines now uh, for a pretty good price. I don't see those prices going up and up and up because there's so many new games, right? So there's a lot of great machines that you can have. Because all of a sudden now, I do remember this when like uh, when I bought a Tales of the Arabian Nights, right? All brass plated and whatnot. You can get a really, really, really amazing condition game for like seventy five hundred to eight thousand dollars. Right, And all of a sudden now, because these new machines are, are becoming so expensive, it sometimes, to me, in my eyes, makes those older games even more attractive to get. Uh, because, you know, what, what, imagine this. Imagine a game like Twilight Zone, right? How much money would Stern or Jersey Jack charge you for a modern-day Twilight Zone, right? If, if they're getting $15,000 for Elvira with a piece of couch, or even $10,000, right? What is it, $20,000 pin all of a sudden? See, I know it's hard to do that, and I know we talk a lot about pricing and what's in a game and pinball magic, uh, but it, that's what I love to cover. All right? That's what excites me. That's why I get excited with each new release, right? A few things right, excite me, and probably you with every new release. We're excited to see what creative ingenuity and imagination goes into each game we're excited to see what the art package is like excited to see how the game shoots excited to see what the code is like you know how how emotional emotionally stirring is the code does 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 it click right do i find myself getting absorbed in the pinball experience and i i just you know i think some games deliver better than others uh, but i still think we're, we're, we're not there like i just don't think that most of these games are worth the money now every once in a while there's a great game i'm not going to name names right now but you know because it's subjective and you might have found a few great games over the years and i'm glad i'm glad you have found those games and all i think we should do as a community is just expect more (laughs) for what we're paying the sky should be the limit on what we expect these manufacturers to make all right so something else I've just been thinking about the last few days is, look, I mean, this show has always been sort of like we, we swim against the current. We're, we're not here to just cheerlead everything. Uh, 
And we're not here to say we love every single manufacturer's games. We're not here to say we love every pinball show or every pinball personality. And, and we tell it the way I see it. And that rubs some people the wrong way. Now, what I'm going to do from now on, and this is just me moving forward, is I really am done sort of listening to what other podcasts say and then using it or reacting to it in a way like I did in my last show. All right. There's a lot of pinball personalities out there. All right. Sometimes I think people are my friends and then they're saying stuff, you know, making fun of me, whatnot. I'm, not, I'm never really sure where friendships lie in the world of pinball podcasting, but I think I have a really good grasp on who is truly a friend and who's not. And it's okay to be competitive. It's okay for all of us to jab at each other. But moving forward, I'm just going to do my show the way I want to do it. And it's going to never change. It's going to be the format that you've always had, you've always enjoyed. And maybe I'll have some new segments here and there, but that's never been my thing. My thing has always been just talking to you without any filters, without any care about what anyone at any company thinks, and I just give it to you raw. And if I hear rumors and speculation, I don't really filter them, I just give it to you. And sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong, and I don't really care to hold back because I do think that there's just way too much, way too much holding back in this hobby about how people really feel. And it's just, I think you're in a better place with people when you just, just give it to me. Tell me how you feel. Don't dance around it. Don't circle around the topic. Just tell me what's up. And this show has always had an open door policy. I will talk to anyone and everyone who wants to come on and debate with me or talk to me about pinball. Okay. And it's always going to be that way. And I love doing interviews and I'll do my best to get the best interviews possible for you. And you know, if you listen to this show, you're not going to get probably George, George Gomez on anytime soon. I don't think Jersey Jack is going to be at my door wanting to come back on the show anytime soon. And I don't care. And I'll tell you why I don't care. It's not because I don't respect those men. I respect those men tremendously. But if it comes between me telling you that you should stop buying games until they give you a playfield solution and that's going to piss off Jack and, and George or anyone else who has to then go give people free playfields, I don't care. I'd rather get you your free playfields. And don't for a minute think they would have acted as quickly as they did if this show wasn't telling you to stop buying new inbox games. If you think we have no influence, I think you're wrong. I think we have we have a direct influence on things like that. And we can keep a topic like the clear code issue front and center, even to the chagrin of the manufacturers. And I don't care. So speaking of that, let's go into a little news and rumors and speculation. So speaking of that, did you see the latest that Stern is no longer going to give people playfields that are populated as a solution to a playfield issue. Now, I don't know if this is confirmed or not. The problem with this whole topic is it never has any closure because we've never received any official language from any of the manufacturers. We, we have not been told straight up, here's what the solution is and here's what we're going to do for the customers who have defective playfields. And I don't know what the answer is because if you start sending people fully populated play fields, you're going to get 
just so many people with a, a, a plethora of, of what they'll consider to be defective things wanting a whole new game. And you can't afford to do that. Everyone would go out of business if every time there was wear and tear in a pinball playfield, uh, someone wanted a whole new one. That being said, we're not talking about like games that have been on route for years. We're talking about stuff that was, you know, the box was recently open and stuff's chipping off the play field, okay? Now, here's, here's the thing, too. I, I still think they're figuring it out. I've heard recently from someone who just saw a Jurassic Park that the clear coat is much thinner. Here's what I was told, that the clear coating process that they do has three different times the play field is sprayed with clear coat. All right. Now, the problem is to keep up with demand and to make the play fields fast enough because of all of the orders and games going on in the pinball world, they're not allowing enough time for that clear coat to cure before they apply the next coat. Now, if that first coat doesn't cure and you put the second coat on, you got big problems because that bottom coat is never going to cure properly. Now, the solution, what I'm hearing is instead of three coats, they're going to start cutting down to two coats. Because if you only need two coats, you can let the first coat cure, and then you can put the second one on in the same amount of time it would take you to do the three coats, uh, You know, but, but, but the three coats might be defective. So that's, who knows though, right? I say this stuff, and until, I, I just think you're going to have to, you know, buyer beware on pinball machines, but I do think you're going to see less clear um, but less chipping if they go to the, the two-coat method, all right? All right, but anyway, anyway, I just want to say, like, I'd rather give you that news than get interviews from people, and I'd rather, you know, stick it to the manufacturers until you get a resolution than, than be their buddies, okay? Because I got enough friends in the real world, all right? I'm not, I'm not, like, calling up these pinball manufacturers to, like, make it through a day, all right? I don't need them. I got enough of you guys that are friends, and I got enough real friends and coworkers and family and all that jazz, and, and Bubba, of course, and my beautiful wife, Brenda, all right? All right, so uh, Deep Root, one week away, seven days from now, we are going to see what Deep Root has been working on. Now, what do you feel about this whole, like, uh, I don't know. There's there's like terms and conditions of the game they're going to show us. It's not the final game. Uh, it will be a playable game. It will have some sort of art package on it, but it's not the final product. Here is what I think is going to happen. Now, I think Robert is smart and sandbagging us at the same time. What I mean by that, and I mean, look, it was not smart for them to say they were going to do all this stuff in 2019. What I mean is he's smart enough not to put something out there that is going to underwhelm, but he also knows that you can you can lower expectations at this stage and then when you reveal the final product, blow people away. And I think he's sandbagging us a little bit. I do. I think he knows what the final thing is and I think he's going to play some games with the community. I do. And and look, I don't know this for a fact. Robert, if you're listening, this is not me spewing BS. This is just me kind of feeling like I think these guys are, you know, I think they know what they're doing. And I do think they're trolling a little bit. I know Ken Cromwell trolling. It's like he hates it. I mean, come on, the whole internet's full of trolls. You'll never, you'll never, you know, you'll never beat them back. 
Uh, but but then you know the question then becomes this: We see it in November, and then when is it coming out? Right? Start start to count the months on your fingers: December, January, February, March. So in four months, we've got TPF. Then from there, you've got you know April, May, June. I mean, this could be another six to eight months before a single game is on a production line at Deep Root. And what does a production line even look like? How many games are there going to be? There's still a ton of questions. There's still a ton of mystery. You know, mystery and curiosity is the most valuable thing they have. So it, it is interesting where some of that, some of the answers will occur in a week. And I'm just excited to see it because I'm so tired of wondering what all of those people are doing down there in Texas. But, you know, I hope it's special. But I still think they're sandbagging us a little bit. All right. Another bit of news. So you might remember earlier in the year, if you pull up interviews with Mr. Jersey Jack Pinball, you know, favorite fan of Canada's Pinball Podcast, he said to us, and I'm going to, you know, I can find the clip if you want me to, that we will see two new Jersey Jack games on the line in 20. 19 or maybe not on the line but revealed okay let, let's give them let's 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 go back and say two new titles will be revealed by jersey jack pinball in 2019 and one of them was not yellow brick road and so we have willy wonka and the worst kept secret guns and roses now i'm here to tell you right now official unofficial official Jersey Jack Pinball will not be showing Guns N' Roses anytime in 2019. In fact, I am hearing now uh, that it is pushed back into 2020. I would expect TPF to be the time period in which we see Guns N' Roses. Now, that makes sense because if you think about it, we saw Willy Wonka in April of uh, 2018 and Jack shipped Willy Wonka's within two months. Now he knows that the window between reveal and shipping has to be a very short window. And if he can get it even shorter, the better, right? Stern does it even faster than Jack does it. Stern does it, in, it the game's already on the line when Stern reveals it. it. It's not even a question of, you know, here it is, like let's, let's, let's take some pre-orders, let's do some collector's edition pre-ordering. No, Stern's like, Here's the game. It's on the line. Buy it today. You know, fear of missing out, you know, is, is, is their best marketing strategy. So I don't think we're going to see Guns N' Roses until like March. I also think it kind of makes sense because Jack's had delays. Jack has had delays because of the playfield issues. Jack has lost orders because of the playfield issues. Collector's editions of Willy Wonka were supposed to be on the line a couple months ago. They are just getting on the line now. And if you're Jack, you want to sell all 500 of those collector's editions and you want to keep selling Willy Wonka at least for another few months. At least. Why would you show Guns N' Roses now when you just, you know, are, are you know, in, in, in full steam with Willy Wonka production? Okay. All right. So that's it. No Guns N' Roses until uh, next year. And I also, you know, hopefully, you know, Jack can have a secret title because if it's just Guns N' Roses and then Toy Story, they, they've really been working on nothing in secret. They must be. They must be. All right. What else is going on in the pinball world? Ah, oh, what else is going on? You know, someone always said, that's your trademark line. What else is going on in the pinball world? And I'm trying to think about what else is going on in the pinball world. Uh, Chicago Gaming Company, they are going to be shipping Monster Bash, not Monster Bash, Medieval Madness remakes in December. Uh, we still don't know the total number 
of those royal editions. Now, I the more I think about this, I just I just still don't like this ambiguous number because here's why. Here's why. It, it like how do you trust that they're only making 500 or 550 or whatever it is? If if you're not numbering stuff, then there's no way to measure the amount you make. And they know better than anybody that collectors want that. So I just have a problem with these like ambiguous collector, non-collector editions that just leave everybody scratching their head to as to how many they actually made. I hope they come out eventually and say, okay, we took orders on all 500 and here's how it breaks down. There's this many you know, standard editions, this many classic editions, and this many, or whatever, special editions, and this many royal editions. Just tell us. Like, why can't we just hear how many of each are being made? All right. IAPA is this week. IAPA, the big, uh, you, know, uh, you know, vending machine sort of coin op trade show down in Florida. American Pinball will be there. Chicago Gaming Company will be there. Stern will be there. Jersey Jack will be there. What will American Pinball bring to the show? Will it be uh, a game after Oktoberfest? No, I don't. I've never seen anyone use IAPA as a platform to launch a pinball machine. Has anyone ever done it there? It just doesn't seem like the right show. It just seems like it's a humongous trade show, uh, but not really the right environment if you want to target uh, pinball buyers. Uh, I think American Pinball might bring their redemption machine to that show, which would be interesting to see what these guys are working on. Uh, But still, game three must be close. Game three must be close. But you know what what is always interesting in this hobby is, and I've said this before, is I don't think you need a trade show to launch a game. But the problem now is everyone sort of spaces out their reveals around these shows. And so once Expo's over, it's almost like, well, there's nothing else we can do. We got to wait to TPF. But that's not true because we know Stern is going to show their cornerstone title from Brian Eddy most likely sometime in December or January. And they're, they're not, they don't wait for shows. Stern never waits for the shows. They actually, they usually time their stuff around the shows, but never at the shows themselves. I kind of think that's smart. They sort of can see everyone else's hand and then they can, you know, move accordingly. Sometimes it's better to hold back versus just do what's expected in, in, in the world of marketing. All right. So yeah, we'll see what game number three is from those guys. Um, P3 Multimorphic, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Is there any news? Anything happening there? Uh, I'm trying to go down the list of Dutch Pinball. You know, I haven't seen any unboxings, any of, 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 of the new game that Barry's been putting together. So until I see that, until we see some actual uh, production happening, I, I don't know how you, you, you change your opinion about what's going on over there. All right, anything else going on in the pinball world? No, we're like a week away from the big news. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to air the interview with Larry this week where we talk about the most important things that should be in the limited edition games, okay? Now, look, we're spending a lot of money, and I think we deserve to get a little bit more than we're getting right now. I hope you agree. I think you agree. Uh, I think it's a good time. I do. I mean, I've always said this. It's like, I don't know how you all feel but i do think 
it's like such a good time to just sit back and wait and see what happens. You're not going to miss out on a Willy Wonka collector's edition. They're going to be around for a really long time. I would sit back and wait and see what is Brian Eddy's new game from Stern. I would sit back and wait and see how the code develops from El- for Elvira. I would sit back and wait to see you know, what Chicago Gaming Company uh, does after Medieval Madness Remake, because I think it's going to be Cactus Canyon. I heard that package is spectacular. I would sit back and see what's coming from Deep Root. Maybe, you know, I think now's a good time to do like, I would do like a six month just wait and see. Because think about it, what game, what game would you miss out on if you just sat back and waited? And I know this is like the number one thing manufacturers don't want you to do. It's why they don't like this show, because I'm like, stop, think, stop, think, pause a minute, wait. They didn't put anything in that for $5,000 more. How could you buy it? That's a sucker's move. Like, they don't want you to hear that. They want you to hear bye, bye, bye. That's what they want. They want you to stop thinking about this stuff. They want you to not analyze these things. It's a thorn in Stern's side, in Jersey Jack's side, when 2,500 people are listening to a dude with a $200 headset tell them to just wait, see what comes out. You don't know if it's going to be something you'd rather have than what you're buying right now. And here's the thing that is really happening. that The sale of games now is freezing. It is taking a lot longer to move games. I mean, it is it is happening everywhere. And so why not just wait and see? The things that I'm waiting for, I really want to see if Brian Eddy's machine is some throwback 80s nostalgic thing. I want to see if Scott Denise's next game is, is a really cool 80s throwback theme. I know I'm going to see both of those games in the next six months, okay? I also want to see like what Ninja Turtles from Zombie Yeti and John Borg is like because I keep hearing this thing's got like ramps going or you know habit trails going above and below the play field. I mean, I think there's like a sewer system in the game. There's internet connectivity. I can't wait to see what that thing is. Turtle Power, maybe it's internet connected. Maybe it has four-player co-op play just like the old Turtle Power, you know, Turtle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. But I just, there's like nothing like right now. I got to own this. I got to own this pinball machine. I mean, you can still go get a Jurassic Park LE right now. You can still go get, here's the crazy part. You can still go get an Elvira LE. There there are a few of them for sale, new in box for 9,500 bucks. And what does that tell you, right? Sold out, sold out, sold out. Well, sort of, right? There's always that caveat. You know, a lot of distributors, not all of them, and I'm going to say something after this to, to my friend Melissa over at Cointaker. A lot of distributors just hold on to stuff. They, they'll keep a few games in box and just wait to see what happens, okay? Because, because, because like, you know, you might have a, a great customer who didn't move on it initially, and then, you know, maybe a few weeks later, you can say, hey, I actually have one. You want one? Boom. Happy customer, right? All right. But I want to clarify on my last podcast, when I said that all distributors have their sales tactic of like, I've got one more left. And then they like sell it. Then they they go down to the next person. I got one more left. I just want to clarify that after that podcast, only one distributor reached out to me and said, Chris, what are you talking about? We don't do that. We're completely fair with our customers. We don't play those kinds of games. And that was Melissa at Cointaker. And she is right. Chris and Melissa are amazing. You know I love them. They know I love them. Uh, they didn't play any games or shenanigans with the Big Lebowski. Even though people were waving extra money in front of them to get one, they didn't take any of it. 
They are class acts. And I want to say, Melissa, because you reached out to me, I will clarify on air that you don't use that sales tactic, but others do. My favorite though is not even the, the, the ones who like are like, I got one more. My favorite was the distributor. And if he'll let me say his name on air, I will. The distributor who spent basically 20 minutes trying to talk me out of buying an Elvira signature edition because he just thought it was the biggest ripoff. He'll never reveal himself to the world because, you know, he's a pretty big, big shot, you know, within the Stern distribution world. He's like, oh, God damn, Chris, you just outed me. No, it's you could probably guess on if you guess distributors on one hand. All right. So, you know, look. Look, it's a good time to be in pinball. I know I sounded deflated. I know I sounded like depressed. I know, I know. It's not what you tune in to hear. You want to hear entertaining, Chris. Um, sometimes at three in the morning, it, it, it's not as high energy. Uh, but I'm not going anywhere. I don't plan on going anywhere. What would you do if I went away? Where, Like, I, I get it. There's a lot of shows out there. But come on. Nobody can just... Nobody's just giving it to you like this. They can't. They can't. They have to think about the consequences of all the things they say and like the domino effect of of how that could like, you know, come back to haunt them or, or you know, eliminate their interviews or this or that. And I look, I know that when I talk to so many people out there, we're hitting on something on this show, right? We're, 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 we're landing somewhere that a lot of people agree with because if we didn't, who would listen, Right. And so I just want to say, I think it's a great time to be in pinball. I think if you're a buyer of pinball, you should demand a lot more from these games, but you're in the driver's seat. And the greatest way to be in control while you're in that driver's seat is simply to not buy until you see something that is amazing. But even better, here's even better advice. The best way to be in control and be in the driver's seat is not buy a game until you actually play it multiple times and love it. Because if you simply exercise that behavior, so much of the BS that takes place in this hobby and and the new inbox frenzied world, so much of what Stern banks on every new release, where people are buying games incomplete, before they play them, before they know what the quality is, before they know if there's any mechanical issues, they've already sold every single one of the high-end versions of the game. If you would simply exercise some patience, you'd get better products, you would force these companies to give you more, but as long as you run in and show them it doesn't matter what they do, you're buying, then you're going to get subpar products, you're going to get less innovation, you're going to get fewer mechanisms, you're going to get just more artwork and more LCD screen stuff, but much less pinball magic under the glass. So if I could ask a favor of everybody out there, it would be to simply start to think about how you behave in this hobby, right? Like how many hours do you spend on Pinside? How frenetic are you when it comes to thinking about pinball? And how badly do you need a new game right now? 
And I love collectors because so many of them who have so many games, they barely even turn them on. And you know who I'm talking about. You know, it's, it's fun when guys come over, your friends come over, you crack open some beers, but that's like, that's not that often. Maybe it's once a week for some of you guys, but just exercise some patience and just demand more. And if companies come out with stuff that seems like a total colossal ripoff, it's okay to say that. And if you don't want to say it, just email me at canadapinball at gmail.com uh, and I'll happily say it for you. Now, on the other side, if you see something amazing, if you see something incredible, if you see a designer actually taking risks and taking pinball into new directions, then by all means, people, let's support those people that are pushing pinball forward. You know, there's a reason why. I fully want to support people like Eric with Pirates of the Caribbean. I can't buy that game simply because of just like all the mechanical issues. I don't want to be fixing a game all day long. But that guy's trying to push the envelope of pinball. That's the kind of person you should get behind. Scott Denise is the kind of person you should get behind. He, you know, he 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 showed us, you know, uh, out of nowhere comes with a game that's one level that's just a blast to play has one of the best sounds systems and like one of the best like music in any pinball ever. And it's just like a, a super fast, fun game. And that pinball can be fun without a ton of stuff because he, he, he designed it to be an experience. I don't get the feeling like someone walked around his game. Like I don't get the feeling Gary Stern walked around his game and he yanked out everything that he really wanted in the game, which we know happens to almost every Stern pinball machine. Okay. Look at Keith Elwin. Right? Why can Keith Elwin design Stern games but make them feel fresh? Make them feel like there's more in them? Because Keith Elwin is like a new designer in this hobby who's not like been around for 30 years and just doing the same old tricks. He's trying to make a name for himself and he's trying to build a library of games that when he's done, people are going to say he's one of the best pinball designers ever. And he's on his way to proving that. I think he's going to win the Twippy for best pinball machine again this year. Two years in a row, back-to-back. -back. Keith Elwin games, hitting home runs, right? And, and I hope that drives like the John Borgs and the Steve Ritchies and everyone else out there, the Joe Balsers, to up their game. Because look at, what's, look at what's resonating with people. And we should support the people that are pushing pinball forward. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. This is not popular. This is not going to be popular. But like Pat Lawler, one of the greatest pinball designers of all time. I think his, his games shoot so well. But I want to see more in the mechanism department from Pat Lawler. I think Willy Wonka shoots so well. But if you ask me, I don't think there's that much creativity in the mechanism department in that game. I don't. And I don't know if it's because he was told to simplify it. But I saw way more in Dialed In. And it looks like he dialed it back for Willy Wonka. And his his real his real like his real telltale sign game is gonna be Toy Story. Like, is it gonna be dialed it back up because it's a theme everyone loves, or is it gonna be simpler, like like Wonka? Right? Same thing with Eric. Will, will can he follow up Pirates under the New Jersey Jack sort of approach, which is to make games more reliable and a little bit like more operator friendly? Is that is that gonna inspire him to go above and beyond the way he did with Pirates? Okay, and then Chicago Gaming, I can't wait to see what their original game is. The remakes are awesome, but you know, I always want to see what's next, not, not just a rehash of what's before. All right, everybody, this has been episode 300, no, 300, look, look at me, 
I, I'm like, I forgot an entire hundred episodes. Uh, episode 416 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Again, thank all of you who wrote me. Thank you to everyone who listens to this show. Even if you hate me, even if you can't stand me, I hope you find me somewhat entertaining. I hope I at least make your week a little bit more enriched with some entertaining pinball content. Uh, I'm always open to you know talking to any of you about your thoughts on pinball. Uh, just email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. And again, we're not going anywhere. There's going to be highs and lows. There's going to be ups and downs. This show, you know, sometimes I just feel like I'm just human. Like there's going to be days I'm bummed out and I do a show and that comes across. There's going to be days I'm hyper and I do a Pinside Babies episode and I'm I'm screaming like a lunatic. Uh, But for the most part, I just hope you know that I do care about pinball a lot. I love it. And I just want you to get the most magic in pinball as you possibly can for these prices and trust yourself, trust your gut. You're the only one who can actually decide on whether or not the game is for you. Don't listen to the hype. Don't listen to everyone else. And just know one thing. Any game you really want to get, it will always be available months after its release Some and years after its release. There is no such thing as you won't be able to get the game. Trust me on that. Canada out. Later. <laughs> <laughs>